Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Joining us on the line now is Jacob Majid, the U.S. correspondent from the Times of Israel. Jacob, good afternoon to you. Thanks once again for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Jacob, so we're looking at uh, the U.S.'s stance on Israel maintaining security responsibility in Gaza. When that day comes, we look forward to when this war is over. What is the United States' stance on this right now? Yeah, um, they're trying to get these pauses to be as many as frequent as possible, as, even though if they're localized and temporary. Sorry, we're talking right about humanitarian US. pauses. Sorry to cut in there, Jacob. It's humanitarian pauses you're talking of. Correct. Okay. Sorry to have cut in there, but I just wanted to clarify that. Please go on. Sure, sure. Go ahead. So, uh, um, the, uh, the White House just announced minutes ago that, that uh, Israel's agreed to implement four-hour pauses in northern Gaza each day with an announcement coming in three hours before. Um, and the idea is to continue allowing as many um, civilians to move move south um, sure. from north. Um, but you asked, I, I believe, sorry, I'm just trying to do a million things at once. You asked about... No, uh, that's quite all right. ...after the war. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, President Gaza after the war, um, we're looking at likely the White House at, at first has been adamant about not, not having Israel reoccupy the Strip noting that Israeli officials themselves had been specific um, that this isn't what they wanted. Mm-hmm. But um, more recently, Prime Minister Netanyahu talked about that there'll need to be a permanent, or a, for at least for an indefinite period, uh, uh, overall security control or overall security responsibility being that of Israel in Gaza, um, which some might assume means uh, reoccupation of the Strip, um, because you can't really mm-hmm. have total overall security control without... Um, Without reoccupying, Israel's been kind of vague about it, but it, the U.S. is quick to jump in and say, wait, that's not what we're talking about here. We really don't want reoccupation of the Strip. And there were officials like uh, Tony Blinken and President Biden who put out statements saying they're against this idea of overall occupation. I think people are just trying to speak slightly in different words. But um, mm. we did see yesterday um, White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, as well as U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, talk about that. It is possible that or likely that we'll see Israel at least have some initial control uh, over Gaza security right after the war is over. So now it seems like the sides are kind of moving closer to one another in uh, how they view what might happen immediately after. Sure. But definitely the, the hope in, in the White House is that this that the eventual solution will be the Palestinian Authority running running things in Gaza. Jacob, okay, despite what you've said, um, do you believe that the Arab world could possibly construe this all as, uh, you know, ulterior motives for the United States getting involved with Israel and coming up with a different kind of, shall we say, setup in that part of the world? Is there, what do you, what do you think? think? I think there is an effort by the U.S. to try to have some sort of Arab involvement in this process, um, ideally in the interim. Um, feeling that they don't want Israel to be in control of Gaza, but they do trust, recognize that they can't be, the Palestinian Authority isn't ready, they don't obviously want Hamas to return, so there's this hope that some of the Arab countries will take a role in restoring security and controlling security, even if there's a technocratic government running Gaza in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're having a lot of hard time trying to convince Arab countries to buy into this idea of getting involved. The feeling in in Cairo and Abu Dhabi and um, Manama is that they didn't cause October 7th, and we should be tasked with kind of fixing this mess and that it's kind of Israel's responsibility. Um, so the request for, like, for example, Egypt to try to get involved have been shut down 
pretty quickly. Um, and the U.S. is back to square one trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, but it's not going to be easy. Hmm. To and fro, wouldn't you say, Jacob, at this stage? But now, uh, given the situation that's transpiring in Israel at the moment and looking at the ripple effects globally, well, what, what do you make of anti-Semitism? Beg your pardon. Sorry. Anti-Semitism in the United States right now. How does it look like at the moment in the United States? Yeah, I think a, a lot of Jewish people are, I think, a bit more cautious about um, outward expressions of their Judaism. Um, I, I do think that people who are wearing uh, yarmulkes are still doing so, and those who weren't doing so before probably won't do so now and, and even more cautious to do so. But I think uh, more specific expressions regarding um, support for Israel are, I think people are a bit more cautious right now. Sure. Um, I do expect, I do expect that to calm down when the war is over. But right now there's a heightened sense of uh, sensitivity toward it and I think it's going to change the discourse in terms of, I think there was more of a pushback against those who tried to argue that anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism are not the, are, are not the same thing or are the same thing and there was pushback to that. I think. Right. Um, people who support Israel are having a hard time drawing the differentiation now, given the targeting of Jews in America right now. And whilst, sorry, Jacob. And whilst this all transpires, uh, how is the Biden administration dealing with this with the situation? Yeah, um, they're trying to. They, they put out this strategy to combat anti-Semitism that they're trying to advance as quickly as possible. Um, they've been in a lot of contact with the Jewish organizations here, and there's a lot of support for that strategy. Um, at the same time, given that there also has been this uptick in Islamophobia, we had this uh, six-year-old killed in, outside of Chicago a few weeks ago by a man who was trying to kill them because they were, he said that because they were Palestinian. Um, and there's this trying to be, I wouldn't say conflation, but a, care, a carefulness to try to say we're both dealing with anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Um, and I think that that is rubbed. It seems like both people, both sides are on this wrong, the wrong way right. um, because they feel like they, they, you don't need to say them both in the same breath. But I think... Uh, Politically, that's the the stance that the United States administration feels like sure. it needs to take. Sure, Jacob, we're going I to leave it there. I'm going to have to run. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Jacob. Go ahead. I'm going to have to run. No, that's fine. I understand. That's why I'm wrapping up. I know you're pressed for time, Jacob. Thanks so much for taking some time just to join us and uh, just to give us some background as to the what the United States stance is on Israel maintaining security responsibility in Gaza once this horrific war is over. And uh, we just uh, looked at how anti-Semitism is. Uh, rising in the world, especially in the United States, and how it's being dealt by by the Biden administration. Jacob Majid, U.S. correspondent for the Times of Israel. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon.